Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Jimmy. And today we're going to be covering episode two of the Disney Plus series, Moon Knight. Last week, we discussed a pilot episode that introduced us to Stephen Grant, but left us with quite a few questions. But with episode two, we actually got quite a few answers, not the least of which is a little bit of clarity on the roles of Mark and Khonshu. Yeah, they gave us a good amount of answers in this episode. We had a lot of questions. We had questions about the supernatural abilities of Moon Knight. We had the questions about the DID situation with Mark and Steven and Moon Knight and now Mr. Knight, you know, so Mm -hmm. we get a lot of answers. And I thought this episode was awesome. We'll talk about those answers in a second, but it was just like every other Marvel show so far. I mean, so far, they've all gotten better as the episodes have gone on. I've, I've really appreciated how Oscar Isaac is taking this role. And he said in interviews that he's pretty much making it his own. Robert Downey Jr. told him, you know, he gave him the advice with Kevin Feige. He said, make it your own man. Kevin Feige is a collaborator. He's a genius, but he's definitely a collaborator. Oscar Isaac's been killing it. He has Steven. He has Mark. He's doing great. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it does come down to that acting performance of Oscar Isaac. I mean, the role allows yeah, like you said, three different parts, and he's just knocking it right out of the park. To speak on the episode itself, I I was a little bit surprised with how many answers we got, yeah. but I keep on reminding myself there's only six episodes in the series, so they really got to get right to the point. But yeah, I, th- I thought episode two was very strong. I-, I probably did like it better than the pilot episode, and <laughs> I mean... The new suit is pretty cool, too. The, yeah, uh, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Knight. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Again, we talked about this in episode one. We don't know much. Zach, the comic guy, will be on at some point. But quick little Google search on Mr. Knight. It is pretty cool, the situation in the comics with Mr. Knight. He hasn't been around as long as Moon Knight's been around. He was a newer uh, iteration of Moon Knight around 2014, I believe it was. And it's just another version of Steven slash Mark slash Moon Knight slash Jake, right? Was the other in the comics? Yes. So Mr. Knight is Moon Knight when he's being brutal and the vigilante and he's beating the shit out of everyone. Mr. Knight comes in and he looks more like a superhero and he's being nicer, I guess, technically. But for us right now, we know that it was just a joke that Steven couldn't control the powers and he just turned into a <laughs> Mr. Knight, because they said put on the suit and he's like, all right, I look fresh, man. I look nice and fresh. And here we go. We got the answers. I mean, we didn't know in the very start of the pilot, but by the end of the pilot, we pretty much knew that this was going to be supernatural for Moon Knight in the comics. It's back and forth, but this is 100 percent supernatural. They went far into it in this episode with Kanchu being his own character, pretty much. We went into it with the fact that he's summoning the suit. Layla says summon the suit. The suit changes based on what he wants out of it. It's obviously supernatural. And I think you had said that you wanted that, right? Uh, What did I say? I think I said the opinion of the fan base is that the correct iteration of the character is not supernatural. But I think the character is so like lesser known and nobody's really going to take up arms if they take a little creative freedom to make him work in the MCU. Um, Me personally, I think him having supernatural powers is the way to go for this show. It's going to make for much more interesting content. And also he's. I don't know. He's the superhero of the moon god. That just gives them so much free reign of bringing in like these godly powers. So I, I think it's the way to go. Yeah. I think in the comics and certain stories, it's a little more ambiguous about whether he is ha- having the DID mental health issue or if Kanchu is an actual entity in his mind. And Moon Knight right now is not making that a question at all. Kanchu does exist. You could say it's an unreliable narrator if we weren't seeing outside characters interacting with him and also the supernatural powers from the suit and stuff like that. So that's pretty much confirmed for us. The other thing that I want to talk about really quick before we get fully into the episode is Marvel's making a bold move here, deciding to have Steven be the main character almost because in the comics, it's Mark. And I'm sure we both agree that at some point when they're homies, 
they're going to just be back and forth, back and forth and working together. And however you want to show that Mm -hmm. on the show is how you're going to show it. But in the comics, it's Mark. He's Mark. Then he has Jake and Steven as the billionaire. And then he has Moon Knight. In this situation, we have Steven, who I believe everyone's going to be falling in love with here because he's the guy that, you know, we already talked about. He's the punching bag. He's the super nice guy. And now all of a sudden he's going to have all these powers. And it seems like Mark, not that he's a bad guy, because we, we know that he's doing this with Conchu. It's like a contract. He feels like he owes him because his life was saved. And I'm sure we'll probably get a flashback on that. Mm. But he's brutal. He's a killer. He fights with Steven right now. They kind of are starting to get like a little bit of a understanding between each other. But Mark taking over as the main character doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I think it is going to stay separate where our boy Steven is going to be the main character, the main Moon Knight as he we go forward to speak to that. That last thing you said, it does seem at the end of this episode, the reins now kind of are in Mark's hand. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how quickly that flips back around. But I do agree. The show seems to be geared towards Steven as the main character. And it's worth repeating that Steven in the comics is a millionaire, you know, charming, handsome Bruce Wayne type. They made him the nerdy museum guy. So it is an interesting take. I think it's it's probably what you were saying. He's the kind of guy that an audience is going to root for and fall in love with. And I, the stories are coming out that the Disney execs were iffy about the accent he's doing. Yeah. It works perfectly. Everybody's saying mm-hmm. it's so fantastic. And that plays even more into you're just going to fall in love with this guy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's bold just because we have no idea how they're going to play it out when they are working together we know in the comics moon knight as a character mark utilizes these other identities you know jake Mm -hmm. is the one that goes on the streets and gets him information and steven's the billionaire that gets him access to this and that but for this right now as we're looking at it it looks like steven's the good guy he's he's our boy he's the nice guy that's just trying to figure out his life And Mark is rough around the edges and almost kind of took control and trapped him. And we're not going to find him as a villain, but it just seems like right now we are going to root for Steven to end up being the main identity of Moon Knight eventually. So here's one for you. I'm I'm sympathetic towards Mark as well, though. It almost seems as though they're painting Conchu as the villain because Arthur was making some good point. you know, I have sympathy for Arthur, too. His intentions currently are bad because he he seems to be too extreme, like, you know, kill people to get what he wants. Right. But when they were going into his past as the former Moon Knight or whatever, it seems like Conchu is kind of just this guy taking advantage of people and blackmailing people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to need to figure out a little bit more about Mark's backstory to make it an opinion on him and you were avoiding calling him the bad guy. You were saying like, he's rough around the edges. Definitely. It's, it's harder to see him as the good guy because he's the tough guy, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't think either of them are antagonists. Right. And I think it's, it's definitely heading towards them working together. I don't know where Khonshu fits into it. Yeah. I, I, that's towards the latter half of the episode. So I feel like we should, we should start digging into this and then we'll get there. So, the episode starts. Steven is pretty jazzed up about his his latest excursion. He's he's ready to get proof. So he goes right to his boy Scotty at the security desk mm-hmm. and it's just like, yo, roll these clips back. You're going to see some crazy stuff, man. <laughs> we look at the clips. It's just Steven running. No dogs are chasing him. So we have no idea what's going on, but the dogs were seemingly not there. Right. And that was weird at first. We obviously get the answer later, but Mm -hmm. I was like, so what's the deal here? And the other thing that I would like to do is rewatch episode one, because I feel like the scene where he's hiding from the jackal, it feels like we should have seen things crashing and breaking or something on the screen. But really, we just saw everything looking normal with him acting weird and no jackal because the normal people can't see the jackal. So mm-hmm. I would like to rewatch that scene. I'm sure they got it right because it's Marvel and it's a huge freaking budget and they're 
going to take yeah. the time to make sure it's right. But I was a little confused to see it the first time I went through and, and until we get the actual answer about them being invisible. Yeah, I could have sworn stuff was like knocking over and shattering, too. So we, yeah. <laughs> we'd have to go back and watch that. It's funny. I actually went back and watched it a second time and I didn't look for that. Yeah. So that's just bad <laughs> podcasting on my on my end, uh, though. Regardless, that scene kind of ties together as we see Steven. But we know it's Mark is in control at this point. Kind of look up and stare down the camera as if mm-hmm. to say, yeah, we all know what just went down in there. Yep. But then we get this good next scene where the museum says that they're not going to press charges. But, you know, the higher up at the museum says we're, we're kind of suggesting you go to this live in therapy place. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was kind of a funny scene because the guy says, we just want to remind you, you're not alone. And he says, yeah, dude, that's kind yeah. of the problem. I'm never alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's such a nice guy. He's just like, oh, yeah, you know, you're probably right. Like, I'm going to take you up on that. Thanks for not arresting me. And then they're asking if he has any property from the museum. And he's like, no, I didn't nick anything, I swear. And then they point mm-hmm. out his name tag and he's like, oh, OK, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but then we go to the street performer. Who was it? You mm-hmm. or Paul that was saying we're going to see this guy again. This is going to be a I believe that was Paul that said that. Yeah. Well, sure enough, we see him again and Stephen is confiding in him and kind of just talking it through. And what he ultimately decides is he's going to chase down this lead, which would have been the cell phone and the keys that he found in Mark's hole in the wall that he had going in the flat. So he chases down the keys to a storage unit, the tag on it. He he could follow it, goes all over town looking at seven places. Mm -hmm. And the dude's like, I know know you, you, dude. Like, yeah. I'll show I'll take you to your locker yeah. um, and they, they get into the locker and he opens it up. I want to ask you, what were you expecting to be in this locker? I thought it was going to be literally a full of guns. Like, I mean, we got a bag of guns, but I thought it was going to be like yeah. a whole thing of just like guns and, you know, ammo and all this crazy stuff. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, just like a shocking amount of like weaponry. Yeah, yeah, because exactly. he would have been completely frazzled. But it, it kind of looked like a. uh what would you call it? It's just like the it had a cot it? set up. A yeah, like lockers, an army like bunker, just... not a bunker, right? It would be like a the barracks. Maybe is that what they call it? Or yeah, barracks sounds right. I was yeah. thinking like a, a 24 hour like crisis room or something like that. I don't know. It has all the necessities. It has a duffel bag that's like ready to go wherever you need to go. It, the duffel bag is the important part. It has right. the passport, a couple guns in it. It also has the scarab in it. The scarab was in it. Yes. Um, So obviously this is Mark's place. He comes there when he takes over control, probably to get his bearings and then go wherever he needs to go. Last time when we saw him, it was like Switzerland or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let me rewind you for a second, because Mm -hmm. the street performer who we brought up last episode, and I think, like you said, Paul was the one who said, we'll see him again. He was confirmed to be someone in the comics that Steven slash Mark slash jake works with it's like his street informant so i believe he is going to show up more so they're actually going to give him something to do so that's kind of cool and we did see him actually Mm -hmm. react to steven which was cool so it sounds like this guy's going to be a homie so okay taking us back to the storage unit it's at this point steven is freaking out but of course there are reflective mirrors in the storage unit yeah and we get the reflection of mark just being like bro you gotta listen to me let me take over control he's always asking for control he's just like bro just this one time give Give me five minutes man give me just just let me take care of things (laughs) let me save you man yeah he Mm -hmm. wants control at all times and he knows the deal. We don't find it out till later, but the contract slash deal that he has with Conchu is I will do your bidding and Steven won't get in the way. And he's promised Conchu that Steven won't get in the way and he can control Steven. But in our two episodes that we've seen, Conchu's getting pissed, especially in episode two, because Steven is taking over more than what they both would like. I'm very interested to see how like, Mark came in to occupy in the same body as Steven and just how that whole arrangement came to be. Yeah. So well, as- yeah, let me well let me pause you here too. Another question okay. that we had answered was well, not not necessarily answered, but one of the questions that I brought up in episode one was something from the comics where I was explaining Moon Knight and Mark's character, and I said that in certain iterations, it's just hey, we believe he has DID. 
In mm-hmm. other iterations, he has DID, but they believe that it came and it's told that it came from Kanchu kind of breaking his mind, you know, by taking over. And yeah. Arthur does bring that up later when we will get to it. But he does bring it up later when they meet and he says uh, something along the lines of he likes to pick people with broken brains or broken minds. And Steven yeah. goes, I'm not broken. Or then he goes, OK, well, maybe something weak enough that he can break it himself. So it's actually an- both answers again. They're not really giving us the answer, but it's close enough. Yeah, I kind of got the impression that Kanchu like made this DID situation occur. Like he kind of went in and I, I really don't know. It seems yeah. like Mark was implanted onto this body because there was also one of the first question steven asks mark after mark gets control of the body again is like can't you just find another body and mark's answer was i can't do that right now he didn't say no that's impossible okay okay i didn't catch that actually i'm really excited to listen to like the last 15 minutes of this episode again because there was some dialogue that i i would like to just catch again let's tell the audience again in episode one (laughs) we brought up the fact that we had screeners and we only watched one. But what actually happened was Disney extended our screener so that we could watch one more and then record. So we got one screening of episode two. So it's kind of like an instant reaction for us. Yeah, that is good to know going into this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Probably going to drop that in the intro. Yeah. So Mark is talking to Steven saying, you got to let me take over, man. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and Steven's pretty much like, no. This is it, man. This is crazy. Guns, mm-hmm. passport. I am out. You are never taking control again. So not before Mark does give some exposition. I think Steven's like, you got to give me something like, tell me what's going on. And mm-hmm. Mark tells him point blank. I serve Conchu. He's the God of the moon. I, Mark, am his avatar. Right. We have to protect the innocent. I think those are the blueprints that he gives them just to give them something. And Steven's and like, of course, crazy, Steven's dude. like, yeah, <laughs> what? That's nothing. Uh, and at that point, he runs out of the storage unit, right? Yep. Threatening and- to turn over everything to the police. Yes. And it's a nice drop that they brought up the Avatar thing again, because Arthur does bring that up in episode one. The Avatar talk saying mm-hmm. I used to be the Avatar or I am the Avatar, you know, for I'm it. Amit. Okay, I was like, I can't. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's um, Amit. A M M I T. Okay. So now he runs out, and we see Kanchu again, and <laughs> we get this the the situation where it's so funny. First of all, when he was going to the unit, this happened in I believe it was Captain Marvel when they're in the warehouse looking for mm. um, uh, Carol Danvers is looking for something in in, in Shield, and the lights. Uh, turn on as you walk down the hallway (laughs) well they're doing it again for this storage unit place and of course it adds the creepiness with conchu so he's showing up he's disappearing he's showing up he's disappearing this guy is a creepy bastard man yeah i thought he was totally just messing with uh with steven at this point uh what was he yelling to him just like don't do it dude stay here um pretty much just don't don't do it because he knows that Mark does his bidding and Stephen doesn't. And if Stephen does something wrong to get himself caught, there's only so much Mark will be able to do to fix it. Right. So, so don't anyway, blow up my spot is what he's saying. Yeah, don't <laughs> blow up my spot. Anyway, Stephen can't get out of there quick enough. Conscious chasing him out of the storage unit. And who does he run into? But Layla on mm-hmm. her little motor scooter, whatever. And they have some catching up to do. Layla is still convinced this dude is Mark, is yeah. not buying the accent, is just like, come on, dude. Like, why are you why are you keeping up the accent? Nobody's around us anymore. Like, just give me something. Um, and this is our introduction to Layla. Yeah. I mixed opinions on her. I don't know. I thought she, I thought she was <sighs> she kind of blows up everyone's spot later in the episode with the scarab. Um, but I liked her at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's going to be a good character. I do. I I think she's Mm going to be a nice second half to Mark. And he says, how do you find me? She says, you turn your phone on and I tracked it. You did that on purpose, right? And she still Mm -hmm. thinks, like you said, that this is some kind of plan that she's not figuring out. And she doesn't know why he's lying to her. And it's it's funny that, you know, he's on the, the bike with her. 
And, yep. you know, he's not holding on and he's like not wrapping his arms around it, you know, and we obviously find out they're married, which is crazy because they're married, but they haven't seen each other in months. And how the hell does this work? You know, although it, she it, shows up with divorce papers because he asked for it. Yeah. Now, yeah. this actually lends to what you were saying, which is pretty interesting, because in the comics back and forth, sometimes he's born with it, D.I.D., and it just gets exasperated when he has Conchu in his head or you don't even know if Conchu is real. And sometimes Conchu makes it happen. So you would have to think that if he was married to Layla and they had like a life together, then he couldn't really have been back and forth between Stephen and Mark without her realizing it. And, you know, she goes on these adventures and they were they had the scarab mm-hmm. plan and all this stuff. So maybe one of these adventures, he did die. Kanchu took over. She did see a little bit after because she knows he can summon the suit. But then that's when he like disappears and starts saying, all right, this is dangerous. Kanchu's dangerous. You got to get the hell out of here. And he and he doesn't tell her about Kanchu, but he says, I want a divorce. Don't talk to me. This and that. So maybe it is that he's been marked this whole time. And it's only kind of recent, not not like really recent, but kind of recent that he's been having the DID situation. If she was married to him, I believe she would know if he had a she had a Stephen life. But you can become you can be Mark and you can have Conchu and maybe in the last six months or eight months, whatever mm-hmm. it is, make your identity, Stephen, become a museum worker and whatever, based on how, you know, Conchu broke his brain and Stephen became a thing. I, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe Stephen was always there and it just wasn't as prominent as it is now, but I do believe that this, there's going to be some questions that need to be answered about how long we've had this DID situation going because Layla was married to him and they went on all these adventures. And I feel like she would have known that Steven was a thing. I agree with all that. Yeah, so they yeah. go back to the flat and they're kind of flirting a little bit, Steven and Layla, like they're kind of getting along, but she's still not buying the accent. Yada, yada, yada is still a little bit pissed at Mark for not contacting her. Um, and, really is starting to take offense to the fact that Steven keeps saying, I don't remember any of our life together. So Layla seems upset that Steven can't remember their former lives together, their adventures, their life, or why they wanted the scabbard. So specifically, she reveals that they've been after the scabbard for a while. The scarab. two of them. Scarab. <laughs> How do I keep saying scabbard? Because it's sword. Oh my dude. gosh. Cool. I'll take it. <laughs> is the scabbard a sword? I think it's what you sheath it in. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Gosh, yeah. cherub scabbard. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, scarab is the right one. Okay, yeah, so the scarab. Yeah. Anyway, two police officers come in and bust up the scene, mm-hmm. um, and want to bring Stephen back to the station. Layla dips with the scarab right out the back window, and this is how she actually kind of well does believe what he's saying because they call him Stephen Grant. They're knocking on the door, banging on the door, saying Stephen Grant. And he's like, "See, I'm not lying to you." Yeah. And then she's like, oh, shit. And then she slips out the back. And that's yeah, that's when he gets picked up. But unfortunately, also, number one, these were some pretty nosy police officers like they just invited themselves in. But we soon find out that they were not actual police officers. They were working for Arthur. Right. And they take Stephen back to Arthur's headquarters, which seemed to just be they're in London right now. So just like a little carved out neighborhood in London. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very interesting neighborhood. First, we see the situation with Mark, though, slash Steven. He's in the car. They get out of the car. So now he's in the backseat by himself and he's talking to Mark and Mark. He's in the window or in the, the rearview mirror. And he is saying, you got to let me take over, man. You got to let me take over. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of this. I'll get us out of this. And he's going back and forth. But to Arthur, who's listening in, he's talking to no one. And they finally let him out. And Arthur says, all right, sorry for that. I just need to see how bad it actually was. And again, Arthur doesn't seem like that bad of a guy right now. At first, we find out that he understands what Kanchu does. And he's saying, all right, I need to figure out how bad your DID is. And this is some really interesting stuff. This is where he gives us some more answers because Arthur explains that Kanchu is there. He's real, but he can't do anything unless it's through Stephen or Mark. 
So the wind starts blowing hard. Conchie's getting all pissed, saying, kill him, kill him, kill him. And Arthur's like, he's saying, kill me, isn't he? <laughs> and, you know, and he's like, and then Steven's like, yeah, he is. How'd you know that? And he's like, don't worry. He can't do anything. He can only do it through his avatar. And that's something really good to know for future episodes. Yeah, that's definitely good to know. I really thought it was funny how candid Arthur was being. You know, we get Conchu rip his throat out. And Arthur's just yeah. like, he's telling you to kill me, isn't he? <laughs> um, excuse me. I, I almost felt bad seeing Arthur as a good guy for this for this brief fleeting yeah. moment. Yeah. Uh, but his backstory was pretty cool. He was the former Moon Knight. So he's like, I get it. He does this to people. And then when he's done with you, he throws you away and moves on to the next one. He's a, he's a con artist. Yep. And I kind of tend to agree with them, even though I can still see Arthur as the bad guy. Like I was saying earlier, I'm starting to see Conchu kind of as the bad guy who ropes in these unsuspecting people like Mark to do his bidding and, you know, kind of paints him to be the fist of vengeance. But yeah. it seems like Mark wants nothing to do with Conchu. Yeah, this is where we get into the explanation from Arthur and where we see him being the antagonist come in a little bit. And mm. this is where we see kind of Arthur versus Conchu. Only Steven can hear Conchu, but we get both sides of it. And I brought this up as a joke in episode one. It's like minority report. So right now, Arthur is dealing with a God who he believes in now. Amit that wants to mm -hmm. kill everybody that will one day sin. Anybody and everybody that will one day sin and she want it's a she, right? I believe he said it was a she in episode one. But I this god, so. yeah, this god wants to cleanse the world of anybody that will sin. And Kanchu yeah. wants them to actually sin first. And that's the deal here. You know, which one's correct? But at the same time, Kanchu is super like aggressive, super brutal, super like, I'm gonna freaking kill you. So even though I agree with Kanchu in this scenario. And so does Steven when Steven starts saying like, Oh, what? So you're going to kill kids. I'm not, I'm not killing any kids. He agrees with Conchu, but Conchu's freaking crazy. You know, Conchu's being like, yeah. God, we'll kill everybody and you better give me control. And yeah, it's, it's Conchu's fist of vengeance versus Amit's kill them before they can do any harm. And yeah, I agree with Steven that train of thought falls across falls apart pretty quickly uh so i'm team conchu in this yeah. battle personally arthur's so yeah but this is where arthur's whole cult is coming to be people accept his judgment through amit um and they buy into this they buy into the fact that conchu's vengeance does come too late and that amit is the one that should get to judge people right off the bat and mm -hmm. In this, if they purge the world of all the people that have done wrong or will do wrong, then they can theoretically create heaven on earth. Right. Right. A few times Arthur says, it's a shame that you won't be here to see heaven. And that, you know, that happens for the right. person who brings him the scarab. You know, when Steven starts fighting back a little bit saying, you know, I'm not going to kill kids. This is this is crazy. Then he shows him the cane and he says, you know what this is? And, you know, we find out it's in a relic from Amit and this is where his power is coming from for now. You know, Kanchu left him. He doesn't have Kanchu's powers anymore. So now I don't think he's necessarily the avatar for Amit. I think that's the whole thing. They can't release her. That's what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So he's working for her. And he says that she gave me this as you know a thank you almost and here's a very very little slice of her power yeah i'm interested to see how his power works through amit whether it's all through the relic and he just is the holder of the relic so he can access the power or if he has a relationship directly to amit the way that mark slash steven does to Kanchu. yeah now i have two theories here we all know that i'm good for some theories right and it's not really necessarily a theory but we were bringing up the scales in episode one and we were bringing up arthur taking the shot breaking the glass and putting him in, in his shoes so mm -hmm. my guesses here are either the glass for the shoes are his penance like we said me and you said penance for the fact that he was at one time conchu's avatar because now he Ooh. doesn't believe in it 
So he's saying this is my penance for what I've done under Conchu. That was my one guess. My second guess would be that I don't know how this would work, but maybe he is technically someone that if he was whatever, holding the hand of someone with that tattoo, maybe he would be red and he wouldn't be accepted under Amit. But because he's the one giving it out, we don't know for sure. You know, maybe he believes he wouldn't be the right person in Amit's heaven or whatever, heaven on earth or whatever it is, because he did work through Khonshu at one time. So either way, it's a penance thing. Yeah, I would tend to lean towards the first thing right. that you suggested. It's penance towards his former misdoings of, of being uh, a Khonshu's avatar. An additional thing that I actually read about the shoes was that that is a real thing. Like people walk across glass. It's a spiritual thing. I can't go deeper than that into it. But Mm -hmm. for the purposes of the show, the fact that he was doing that to himself in covered sandals shows that he was not doing it to show his followers. He was doing that for himself. It essentially means that he buys into it, like is 100% on board. He's not just a crazy cult leader trying to get followers like he, he buys into this. Okay. Yep like that and also we didn't bring this up at all arthur's made up he's not from the comics he's a made-up character fully original to the mcu not that it's too important because again we don't have too much info from the comics anyway but just so all the listeners know he is technically made up he's not canon in the comics he's someone original for the mcu anyway though to get us back to the events of the episode we find out that Arthur and his followers are after the scarab. There you go. There you go. They're after the scarab because it is kind of a compass of sorts that mm-hmm. will direct them to Amit's tomb and that will help them reach their end goal of resurrecting Amit. Right. So we kind of have this moment wherein Mark's reflection is staring down Stephen, being like, dude, do not tell him Layla has the compass. Don't <laughs> do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And it kind of reminds me of a little Heston scenario. Okay. In the Last Kingdom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like if that. There's any overlap in the fan bases, but our boy Stephen does not give up Layla. He says, Hey, I don't know what happened to that scarab. I lost it. Whatever. But sure enough, right after he clears Layla's name, who arrives on the scene, but Layla with the scarab. And mm. I just don't understand what her. Well, actually, I do understand. She thought that Mark would be able to suit up and get yeah. him out of there. But I still thought it was a ballsy move. Her just showing up, showing up. She had the scarab and marching right through the whole scene. Yeah. Yeah. She literally walked into a million followers of Amit and Arthur and we have Steven here who just doesn't know what's going on. And she's like, come on, dude, let's go. Some of the yeah. suit, some of the suit. And she's being a badass. This is another cool part of her character. She can hold her own. She starts kicking some ass. But we see here as they're getting away, Arthur uses his slice of power and he brings out the jackals. Yeah, he kind of like makes a portal in the yeah. ground and the jackals come out. But he's going to have some strong powers, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, the Jackals give chase to Steven and Layla, who kind of like barricade themselves in a room. The Jackals are breaking through. Layla's putting pressure on him. Dude, you got to suit up like you can do this. You can do it. Um, of course, you can't. So right. the Jackals burst through and they tackle Steven through the window, glass breaks and everything. But Layla can't see the Jackals. Yep. So we get confirmation that the dogs are invisible to everybody except for Mark slash Steven. Um, and also in this scene, he falls through the glass first, okay. like before yeah, the dogs yeah, yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I was looking forward to this. Okay. Scene. Okay. Um, however, yeah, this is where we get one of the best scenes of the episode is where Steven finally suits up. And this guy's name is Mr. Knight. Is that what we're calling? Yeah. Him? Yeah. Mr. Knight. <laughs> I love Mr. Knight. He looks fresh, man. Yeah, he does. But yeah, the whole time Mark's saying, you got to get you got to let me take over. You got to let me take over. You got to suit up. And hilariously enough, he falls and he's like, whoa, that didn't hurt that bad. I wasn't too bad. And then he's suited up and they're like, dude, what the hell are you doing? He's like, you said a suit. I don't know. I just put a suit on. <laughs> yeah. Another, psycho, another thing showing us it's supernatural. A psycho Colonel Sanders, I believe is how they <laughs> describe it. Very fitting. He looks cool uh, as shit, though. 
No, I like the all white. Yeah. He, he's got the gloves on too. It's a very clean look. Yep, yep. The mask looks cool too with the with the moon mm-hmm. logo on his head. I, I I like it. And again, the eyes are glowing. So, you know, I don't believe Conchu will let Stephen or Mark die. So no. it may obviously have been another scenario where Stephen thought in his head, "All right, I got to summon the suit." I don't even know what the hell a suit is, but Conchu said, "All right, that's good enough," and gives him enough power to survive the fall. And that's where the suit comes from, because, again, we know that Kanchu can't technically affect anything in the outside world right now. Right. Only through Mark slash Steven. Right. Yeah. I'm interested to see how the powers specifically work, because can they conjure like anything through Kanchu? Where like where are the limits set? Yeah, that's true. I have no idea. We're used to the suit being. Hey, I'm going to put a white suit on with, you know, Kevlar armor and it's just all it's Batman. Mm. It's not. Let me summon the suit. So this is all new territory for us, pretty much. But we get the scene where Steven is finally able to fight back against the jackals and Mark is telling him the whole time, dude, let me take care of this. But now he has a little bit of charisma running through his veins and he wants to take him on himself. A little bit of a cheesy, goofy scene where he's yeah. squaring them up old timey. Okay, Steven, you can have your moment. Uh, but as people start to surround, there are more bystanders. Mark's like, bro, seriously, look around you. Let me just make short work. Like nobody has to get hurt here. Yeah. And he gives over control. And this is an awesome scene. The potential yeah. of these two working together. He just seamlessly like suits up into the badass suit and just handles the jackals in short order. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we get the scenes. He's jumping from roof to roof, showing supernatural abilities, superhuman abilities, being able to jump that far. He has the superhuman strength. He has a sweet kill on the jackal. And then of course, can you imagine like there's a jackal there and we know that the jackal can attack people. It's just, they can't see them because they do yeah. in the fight. The, the jackal does push around Layla and throw her against the wall and this and that. So how hilarious would it be? He gets impaled in the top of a building. I wonder if anybody cleans. Oh no, he disappears, right? He does like kind of disappear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I was going to say how hilarious is that if he was just like sitting there <laughs> impaled at all times, but you just can't see him. But now, yeah, he does disappear back into the portal slash just like, incinerate or whatever you know that was a great shot too another violent kill they're two Mm -hmm. for two in these episodes with kind of like bloody gruesome deaths yeah and once we start getting moon knight as mark fighting humans like people of arthur's we're gonna start getting some some bloody stuff i believe i mean it's it's that's how he is he's he's the fist of justice man he doesn't mess around there's gonna be a lot of blood and it is cool to have him be this badass and he's going to have this white suit. You're going to see all the blood, which is crazy. So we'll see how much Marvel wants to go with it. Yeah. And I think in the comics, his whole thing is he wears white because he wants the bad guys to see him coming, which is just an awesome reason to wear yep, white. Yep, like, bring yep. it on. Yeah. So um, awesome. Anyway, bringing us back to the episode, we take care of the jackals, but Mark finds out that he lost the scarab. Yep. Um, And then we show a cut scene to Arthur picking up the scarab. So Arthur now has the scarab. Layla's right there to see him pick it up. And then she motor scooters off. Um, and then we kind of just have this last scene where it's Steven, Mark and Conchu talking mm-hmm. amongst themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And this gives some more information about the whole scenario between the three of them. And this paints Mark in a certain light that, again, we said it. he's not an antagonist. He's not a bad guy. He's rough around the edges, but he explains to Steven that this whole conscious scenario exists because he saved his life. Conscious saved his life. He was dead, brought him back to life. He owes him. So he will do what conscious needs until his deal contract is up. And then conscious says he will let him go. But conscious threatens him and says that, yeah, well, dude, when I do let you go, Layla seems a pretty good option. I might I might have to take her over, you know, so. He's like Conchu's just not a good dude, but somehow he's going to be a part of our protagonist scenario in this show. And, you know, another cool thing we find out is Steven's like, this is super uncomfortable, man. Like, this sucks when he's on the other side of things. And Mark's like, it gets easier, man. Don't worry about it. And he is sympathetic, but he's not going to give him back the reins. You know, he he's not going to let him take the reins. He is going to keep control. And he's like, it'll get better. 
it gets easier when there's mirrors around, but you know, sorry, bro. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. He is definitely sympathetic. That's I'm just very curious how they came to be in this situation. And like you just said, maybe, maybe it has been Mark's body all along, but why did the DID just recently start? Like, do you right. think the deal was just recently struck between Kanchu and Mark? Well, I, guess I would, that would track. And maybe yeah, that's like, kind of what I was saying in my uh-huh. thing about him and Layla. Like they were always going after the scarab. And then maybe during one of the adventures is when mm-hmm. he dies. Kanchu brings him back. And like Arthur said, he looks for, quote unquote, weak minds. And maybe he did break him. And that's where the DID came in. So DID, meaning Steven, would be a little bit newer. Yeah, I'm down for that. I think yeah. that kind of tracks with the timeline. Sorry if that's what you were saying earlier. Yeah, no, no problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's confusing because we don't know yet. I mean, it's totally different from mm-hmm. the comics. We don't have full knowledge of the comics. And this is a cool thing about we're going to have fun with Zach, the comic guy. But at the same time, we said it in episode one, you don't need comic knowledge for this, especially this show, because they are majorly going off canon for the comics. And they're doing their own thing, which is great. We don't need it to be fully with the comics. Everyone loves Moon Knight. They're getting Moon Knight. They're getting a badass, but they're going to spin it a little bit like they always do with the MCU. And for the most part, I'm OK with it. Me I too. think they're making a really awesome character. And yeah. like I think I said it earlier, they have this kind of flexibility because very few people know this character, much yeah. less feel passionately. Right. hundred percent. hundred percent. And. It is going to be really cool to see how this is going to work. Once they do become homies, once they come to some kind of agreement, there is going to be a scenario where they're bouncing back and forth, I believe. And it's going to be, all right, Steven, you got to do your part of this plan. First of all, I want to make sure we say, too, when we're going against the, the whole Mark's a bad guy thing, he's rough around the edges, but he's definitely not. We said that. He cares a lot about Layla because Steven does say, like, you don't give a shit about Layla pretty much. He doesn't say it in those words, obviously, but he says, you don't give a shit about Layla. And he's like, whoa, you have no freaking idea. Like, I'm protecting her. And we know that he's protecting her. It's the total chivalrous thing where it's like, I'm divorcing you. Get out of my life so that you're not part of this dangerous plan. So it's going to go back and forth and it's going to be cool to see how they do this cinematically where you know it's steven and then all of a sudden mark's like bring me back bro and then he says start kicking some ass and back and forth back and forth and conchie the whole time in the background like being an asshole you know <laughs> it's gonna be a lot honestly yeah. it's gonna be very busy fight scenes i could see like they said so far and this is total bullshit you know how the mcu works they lie all the time but oscar isaac was like Oh, there's no plans for anything else after this show. Like, I, I have no plans to be in like an Avengers or a, or a movie or anything, which, yeah, of course, you don't have any plans because, you know, we're, we didn't announce them yet. But yeah, it would be funny. Like once this character's fleshed out and we get the final version of Mark, Steven, Moon Knight, where, you know, we're sitting in a team up movie or something and you have Steven talking to Kanshu and like, Somebody's like, dude, what is going on here? And then he, but he's yeah. like this bad, major badass. He was an Avenger at some point, Moon Knight. And it's and the other side of it is who's going to agree with his brutality. That's why the Midnight Suns thing will be cool as shit, because if they do that, we're going to have Daredevil, who's brutal. We have Punisher, who's super brutal. Him and Moon Knight will be homies. And then Ghost Rider, who's like. I actually don't know too much about Ghost Rider either. He's kind of similar. I know probably a little bit more about Ghost Rider than Moon Knight, but seeing that team up will be really, really cool. But just just thinking about other characters, seeing Mark talk to Khonshu and then not being able to see him just cracks me up thinking about it already. Honestly, I'm interested to see how some of the Avengers interact with the brutality of Conchu's Moon Knight. Yeah, how he was taking it to the Jackals. That is not how any of our superheroes that we know have operated. Yep. The other thing I wanted to say, (laughs) except maybe Hulk. (laughs) Uh, The other thing I wanted to say was now that I'm thinking about it, we during Fat Dubs were discussing where US Agent might fall in a potential team up. And he is kind of right in the Mm. middle of the spectrum. Is he good? Is he bad? And Val is recruiting people, obviously, to her team. Could Moon Knight be 
That would be interesting because the only reason why I'm not sure if, if they'll go that route is because Steven exists. Because Steven's a good guy. Will he mm. allow Mark to take that path? Unless it's a scenario where he just has to follow Mark's lead. Because I feel like at any time, that's why it's weird that Steven exists. In the comics, he's not this really super nice guy who is so caring and, and doesn't want to hurt anybody. So how is it going to exist from now on where they're together and he's like, okay with the brutality as well, mm-hmm. but whatever, either way, a Thunderbolt scenario with Moon Knight would be really cool too. Definitely. And that one definitely seems like it would be farther away from the source of material. Cause I don't think Moon Knight had anything to do with that in no, no, the original stuff, but yeah. if they're taking it off of the canon anyway, why the hell not? You know? Yeah. It'll be cool to see if they ever bring Moon Knight into a movie or if we'll just stay Disney Plus series like Midnight Suns would just be a team up because we know that Daredevil's coming to Disney Plus. He showed up in mm-hmm. Spider-Man and I'm sure they'll get cameos here and there, but Daredevil's mainly going to be a Disney Plus show eventually. Punisher was a Netflix show. Ghost Rider, he's nothing so far. He was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but he'll be recast. So it just seems like they might go the route of what they did for Iron Fist, um, Daredevil, Punisher, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones. Maybe they'll, yeah. they could do the same thing, but with the Midnight Suns, that would be really cool. That would be really cool. I just want another superhero team up, man. Yeah, man. And I mean, Kevin Foggy said there's no plans. Uh, again, no plans. But there shouldn't be another Avengers for a long time, he says. But maybe they won't call it Avengers, but, you know, Spider-Man, No Way Home close enough to a team up and not a super team up. It's going to be hard for them to do a movie where there's not some sort of team up at this yeah. point, because mm-hmm. the Avengers aren't a, like all the superheroes know each other in the universe. So why yeah. wouldn't they help each other out? Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, they also did bring up the fact that this doesn't take place in New York. It takes place in London. And then at the end of the episode, we find out it takes place in Egypt. They did it on purpose. They said, we're doing too much in New York. Too much is happening in New York, so we wanted to move it. We wanted to scale it out a little bit. And that might okay. be a scenario that you're just saying where, you know, New York is too much like, okay, well, this is where Spider-Man is, and this is where the Avengers Tower is, and well, technically it was bought, but you know what I mean? So Hawkeye just happened in New York, too, so let's move it out. And, you know, yeah. Moon Knight scenario could happen without it getting on too many people's radars. You know, so far, it's a lower scale. Nothing crazy is happening yet. Um, I mean, jackals running through the British Museum, yeah. although potentially nothing actually broke. We have to see, too. We have to see. Yeah, we have to see what makes you be able to see or not see the jackals. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know that yet. Layla can't. Mark can. Do you have to be associated with one of the gods? Meaning can even even Arthur see them? I'm wondering if Arthur's followers could see that because they all had the tattoo, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm assuming the tattoo doesn't have powers like Arthur's. It's just a, hey, we're part of the team, Dark Mark or something. So your bet would be on probably Arthur and Mark are the only people that can see these jackals right now. I would say maybe not even Mark, maybe or I'm sorry, maybe not even Arthur because he's not an avatar. You know, maybe he knows he can do something. I, I don't know. It's crazy because there has got to be, know he's summoning. Them, yeah, no, summoning he has to know them. what he's doing. Like maybe Ahmed somehow can tell him what he's doing, but there has to be a reason that he you can see or yeah. not see the jackals. And in my head so far, the only reason could be that you're an avatar for Kanchu. Technically, Arthur's not an avatar, a former avatar, though. That's true. So if maybe you were touched by a god, however you want to say it. We're going to get the answer. Yeah. Can Thor, Thor's got a God, dude? Can he see different kind of God? But <laughs> Thor could probably say yeah, Thor, Thor could do yeah. what he wants, man. Yeah. Anyway, this episode ends. Uh, Conchu says, you know, Layla might be my next candidate. So you better do what I say. We're going to Egypt, so that's where our next episode is going to take place. And I would imagine we are going to get deep into the lore of Kanchu and probably 
I have a feeling this whole arrangement happened in Egypt. Yeah. That kind of oh, yeah. seems like where the canon says that Mark gets resurrected. Is that an archaeological site? So yep. hopefully we're going to get that backstory next episode. Agreed. And Layla will be there. It, you know, Mark doesn't want her to be, but she'll be part of the story, obviously. And then we also have to look forward to maybe meeting Duchamp, Duchamp, the person that called one of the missed calls on the phone that Mark slash Steven looks at. And we know from the comics that they are a tag team. You know, they're partners from the military. So we might get some help from him in the next couple episodes. There isn't really many named characters yet, to be honest, like main named main characters. We have Mark. We have Steven, the same person. We have Layla. We have Arthur. And, you know, some of the museum people are kind of named. Conchu, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see if we get some more characters. But Marvel MCU directors, executives, whatever, said that this is a story that's just going to stay within its own continuity, within its own little bubble. You know, it's not going to affect the big MCU. It's its own story. And that's what kind of drove Oscar Isaac and um, Ethan Hawke to this story. So I'm excited, man. It's four more episodes. It's it's like Hawkeye. They, they give you a lot in one episode. They really do. So we're going to have a lot happen in six episodes. But we this time definitely do not have any more screeners to watch. We will be watching with you guys. We purposely stopped. Marvel gave us enough of a extension to do one more episode, but now three, four, five, six, we are blind, just as blind as everybody else. And we can't wait to watch the show has been great so far. Yeah. Very, very strong. And hopefully next week we'll have our uh, third leg with us here. Yeah. Uh, Paul was, uh, Paul was missing out on episode two. So we're going to yeah. have him back for episode three. Um, yeah, I, I think both of the first two episodes were very strong. It's I'm appreciating how quickly we're getting into the meat of the seasons um, and agreed. We were just saying how there's only like four named characters. I'm pretty invested in all of them mm -hmm. at this point. So I'm excited to learn more. Agreed. 100 percent. I don't have any theories for now. We talked about a couple of theories throughout the episode nothing else that i need to bring up so if you want to hit it man unless you have a theory i know you hate theories so i hate theories man <laughs> so i'm just gonna take us to the end here Heard that. we're gonna be covering moon knight's first season in its entirety with weekly discussions after the episodes drop as always if you like what you heard give bingetown tv a follow on twitter and instagram visit us on bingetowntv.com and subscribe to our show on spotify youtube the apple podcast app or wherever else you may find your podcast our patreon is up and running so if you want to support the pod that's a great way to do so and that can also be found at our website at bingetowntv.com once again we are bingetown tv and thanks for listening you're listening to the geekscape network